<laughs> and he said, he said, good old gold blum. Welcome to Big Game Kids. Yes. My name is Big Game Green. I am a big mute. And we have got things to say. Things. That's all for this week. See you later. Goodbye. Uh, what's on the menu, Matt? What have we got? What's, give us a rundown, like some kind of delicious treat. We've got an appetizer with a zingy spice of the Kingsman trailer. Dirty. And then we're moving on to a light main course of some Marvel Fox business. Oh, very uh, filthy. With a side of uh, DC TV shows being dropped from schedules. Sumptuous. And uh, franchise movies being just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Also got a little, just a, a sprinkle a, a of, some, soul, if of, you some, will. of some Jurassic World casting news. Aye. Um, a mystery quiz for dessert. <laughs> and cheese biscuits in emails to finish. Fair news. <laughs> right, so if you want to hear any of that stuff, stick around. If you don't, just just stick around for the next sort of 30 seconds and we'll get the ad revenue. So, uh, let's, let's kick off. What's first on the plate? Kingsman. The Golden Circle. Dirty that. Dropped a trailer this week. It's like, probably a sex thing. It dropped a trailer that made me drop trout. Uh, big stream. Big stream. Golden circle stream. <laughs> big stream of golden circles. I, I like how they snuck up on everyone. In yeah, a way. Yeah, because like, we've known about it for ages. Mm. And we knew it was shot and everything. And then no one really said much about it. Uh, and then the trailer just dropped out of nowhere. Boom ting. I think, that, yeah, we, we got like a tasty teaser poster toward the end of last year. Which yeah. was a pair of glasses... With one shaded lens and one empty, uh, like empty, you know, where the lens was, uh, with the words behind it that said, "Reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated," hmm. and everyone was like, "Is that is that referencing Harry?" It's been Colin Firth's character for the uninitiated. It's been an open secret that Colin Firth is returning in some capacity, pretty yeah. much since the film was announced. Right down to him and Taron Egerton taking photos on like Taron Egerton's Snapchat at some point of the two of them just on set. Yeah. As is, it's like, wait, what? And no one's addressed why he's in it. No. Because, spoiler alert for Kingsman, in three, two, one, everyone died at the end of that movie. Every, every character. They well, all also, died. there's an anal sex joke at the end, which really kind of puts a, a, a downer on the whole thing. Oh, Other than that, it's really great. Okay, one of those was a real spoiler, one of them wasn't. Um, but yeah, Harry kicked the bucket. Yeah. At the start of Act 3. Yeah. Which is a dramatically brilliant moment in that movie because it catches you completely off guard. So I was kind of doubtful. When they said Colin Firth was going to be in Kingsman 2, I was like, I don't know about that. Unless they're going to do what the first film did. But the first film opens with the scene set in the past with Eggsy's dad. Like the mission that goes wrong. So are they going to have like a interlocking narratives? We're going to see Harry on a mission set, you know, prior to the events of these movies. And it's going to have something to do with the mission they're on, so it goes back and forth between them. You know what I mean? It's like we'll see uh, two narrative, parallel narratives. No. No, it looks like Harry's just full on there. Yeah. Well, the way it's been edited anyway. But also, he's got a black lens. He's got an eye patch. Yeah. So are they saying that Samuel L. Jackson shooting him in the head just blinded one eye? He's not a very good shot. But at the same time, the way that he's shot in the head... He's shot in the fucking head. People have survived being shot in the head, Christopher. At point blank range by Samuel L. Jackson with a lisp. Maybe. 
whilst the mummy with metal legs stands next to him. Clearly, clearly someone has. Oh, God. Somehow. That has upset me weirdly. It's not I don't know how me. to feel about it. But the, te- the cab chase through London looks awesome. Uh, Gambon seems to be the new head of the Kingsman. It Michael Gambon. Fun. Well, uh, but not for very long, I'd imagine. Yeah, well, he the trailers needed to go by. Oh, Kane was so good in the first one. He was quite good in like the first one. Like that really upheld posh thing, you know, just before he goes out, he just starts yelling, like, gruff cockney, like, fuck you, you know, shit. It was like, this is so weird to see. Yeah. Anything with Mark Strong, it makes me happy. Now, I don't mean in general, because Green Lantern exists, but, you know. There's a great... Um, a great little game that they'd like to play on the Commode and Mayo film review on Radio Five, yeah. called the Butt Mark Strong game. <laughs> what? Where it's a it's a it's a movie that's not great with not a great cast, right? But, but Mark, Mark Strong. Strong. Okay. <laughs> did, did Green Lantern start that by any chance? Yes. So it's like so it's, so it's like Grimsby. Like it's terrible. Yeah. The jokes like miss in every possible way. It's just too crude. But, but Mark, Mark Strong. Strong. <laughs> okay. I'm down. And also, it's a sister game to the to the very popular Toby Jones or Noby Jones. Toby Jones or Noby Jones? What? Is this a movie with Toby Jones or a movie with Noby Jones? <laughs> so basically, 99% of movies are Noby Jones. Yes. Yeah. Which is why that 1% of movies are superior. Because Toby Jones. Because Toby Jones. <laughs> but Mark Strong. But Mark um, Strong. Well, this Kingsman is, I mean, Tyron Egerton's back in the lead, which is bonus because he was great in the first one. Yep. Um, Julianne Moore's in it. Channing Tatum's in it. Jeff Bridges are in it. Uh, Jeff Bridges are in it. Jeff Bridges are in it. They're, oh yes, <laughs> it's the uh, digital Jeff Bridges from Tron Legacy in it as well. <laughs> Jeff, no, Je- Jeff Bridge is in oh, it. Okay, uh, not Je- Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridge is less Jeff famous Bridge, cousin. His less famous digital cousin. Um, oh, half, he's half the man Jeff Bridges is. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Well, they're part of the Statesmen. So we've got American Kingsmen. Which is cool. It's a cool idea. Are they antagonists? Are they allies? What's I, going on? I don't know. It looks like there's a bit of a bit of scuffling going on. There's a dude with a cybernetic arm. Cool robot arm. Yeah. Firing his fist out on a metal cable, which looks pretty cool. They'll Keeping make... with the the super villainy kind of aspects of the first one. They'll make an off color fisting joke. I guarantee. Oh, yeah. of course they will. Because again, it is. They just can't help themselves. Directed by Matthew Vaughan, written by Jane Goldman. So same as uh, Kickass One. Same as some of Kickass Two. I don't think he directed Kick-Ass 2, did no, he? I, he, he did. I think Jane Goldman co-wrote it. I think Matthew Vaughan was producer. Um, and they did X-Men First Class, which still pretty much stands up, except for the rushed relationship of Xavier and Charles. Uh, Xavier and Charles. Xavier and Charles. Xavier Charles. Charles. Uh, Xavier rushed Mac- relationship of this man's two names. Yeah. Just, but, on his birth certificate. But that's the thing. They cross each other and make the shape of an X. Yeah. There that's how. That's, the, that's where he got the X-Men uh, from. God. It's like... Charles Magneto and obviously January Jones being dreadful. January um, Jones is dreadful in that movie. She's either. dreadful in most things. I think she's the world's great gave her a, in Mad Men and is she? about it. Is she? Yes. Or is Mad Men great enough to hide how bad she is? No, she's great in Mad Men. Okay, fair play. Um but yeah, I mean I'm I'm looking forward to it. I just, you know, I'm still a bit like what how is Harry like? I mm, mm, I'm sick of people coming back from the dead as a storyline, so They've got to really impress me. I think maybe I'm just biased because after I watched the trailer yesterday, I then played Chapter 2 of The Wolf Among Us, where Snow, who is apparently killed off at the end of Chapter 1, is there in Chapter 2. It's like, oh no, it was someone looking like me. You're like, oh. What you've just said literally means nothing to me. You just said a bunch of words 
and none of them made any sense. What I actually said was, I love you. I just said <laughs> roundabout way. So What's yeah, next? Kingsman. Matthew. We've done with Kingsman. We've, sl- we've, we've shot it in the face, but apparently it's alive. Before we started this podcast, you said to me, I've got some things to tell you. Just put Marvel Fox on yeah. the menu yeah. and I'll talk to you about it then. So yeah. what is it that you've got to tell me, Christopher? So 20th Century Fox this week confirmed their batch of Marvel... Um, releases next year. The spawning pool has given forth its next uh, re- S- semen ne- cloud. Its next spawn, really. It's 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 spawn full of dreams. Um, now, Fox, of course, like own chunks of Marvel, specifically the X Men portion of it all, and related characters and properties. And they're about to spin it out into a universe. We've had the first expanded universe part of the X Men, really, aside from Wolverine movies, in the form of Deadpool last year. Yeah, but you can't really have an expanded universe if you don't give a fuck about continuity, which they clearly don't. No, they don't, but they're going forward by Jingo and rewriting a story they've already told to a degree. So these are the three movies coming out from Fox next year. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for yes, this? Yes, I'm ready. I'm braced. 13th of April next year, yeah. we're getting New Mutants. Now, I'm not sure if we have any info on what that's about, aside from New Mutants. Um, but it'll be directed by Josh Boone, who directed The Fault in Our Stars, uh, and specifically is aimed at a young adult audience rather than the traditional films, which are obviously aimed either at families or, we, or adults. Have we had any casting on that? Um, there's rumours that Maisie Williams is in it. And as you know, Matt, that means it will apparently be excellent. The Game of the Thrones is amazing. The There's movie. no way it could fail There's... with that surefire casting, sir! I think we're being unnecessarily cruel about Maisie Williams. Yes. <laughs> but she's not the worst Game of Thrones alumni in this lineup. Oh. Next, the 1st of June, will spew forth Deadpool 2. Hasn't Deadpool 2 already finished, started shooting? Yes, but this is when we get it next. So, so Deadpool be... 2 is already shooting his out in June. Yeah. New Mutants has not had any casting announced or begun shooting and is out in April. But it's young adults, so they probably won't be going big on the special effects in terms of there won't be as much post-production. It'll be more kind of drama and Colour teen angst. me dubious. Well, yes. Um, uh, Atlanta star Zazie Beats is going to be Domino. Yeah. Josh Brolin's Cable. Woo! Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. John Wick co-director David Leach is directing. Yeah. Uh, writers Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, uh, Wernick are back from the first one. Ryan Reynolds, of course. That makes me excited. Happy to see it. Finally, next year. Finally. You know that that horse that died back in 2003, but they keep on flogging it? Red Rum. Um, maybe that was its name before they pummeled its skull into the ground and turned it into a fine paste known as the X-Men franchise. But Seabiscuit. Our next X-Men movie, which as we've already been told before is set in the 90s, now has a title. Onslaught. No. Oh. The Phalanx Covenant. No. Age of Apocalypse. No. Hmm. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh, just don't even bother with the You know that story from the 70s? Just go straight to the finger. Is it the 70s? Where Dark Phoenix Saga first erupted? The story that defined X-Men as a comic book in terms of its longevity... Beyond the initial premise, the thing that told said that epic storytelling in the sci-fi fantasy genre could be gripping and emotionally invest, like worth investing in. 
And yeah. these characters were put through the ringer, and it was a defining moment for one particular character, and, and, and it was such a big contest. I, I am deeply familiar with the Dark Phoenix saga. And that, and it that was Claremont adapted into an excellent run. run of the animated series in yeah. the early 90s that did a damn good job of it for most of its third season. Yeah. Do you remember how it was pummeled to death into an hour and a half shit fest in X-Men 3 where they just decided it was Jean Grey's slightly evil personality? What? By Brett, I think Rotten Tomatoes is bad for movies because I keep making shitty movies, Ratner. Brett, sure, I'll do it. Ratner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was going to be redone in the 90s with the youth cast that were used in X-Men Apocalypse. Spoiler alert, they weren't great. Sure. Extra spoiler alert, Specifically, Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. Sure. Another Game of Thrones alumni. The Game of the Thrones is Maisie Williams' is Sophie Turner. Um, <laughs> you want to put her, an actor who's not even that great in Game of Thrones, from what I've seen of her. I oh, know, she's pretty great in Game of Thrones. Is she, though? Yeah. Is she, though? Yeah. Is she, though? Yeah. Is she, though? Yeah. I bet you're a Daenerys Targaryen defender as well, aren't you? That is you. The, actually the only thing Amelia Clarke is good in. Is she good in it, though? Everything else she is. Is she good in it, Everything though? else she's in, she is trash. Is she good in it, though? Well, I can't wait to see her in the Han Solo prequel yeah. next year. Oh, when they announce that cast, he was just like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think Sophie Turner could handle the Dark Phoenix story? She'd have to wear gloves. Oh, that was gross. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that's the grossest thing I've ever done to that microphone. <laughs> oh, I just, I don't think, I mean, Maisie Williams was tasked with playing an immortal who'd seen some shit. And it d- didn't work. I Fucking don't think hell, Sophie man. Turner can play the Dark Phoenix, man. I don't think she can do it. And I only, I only know her from some Game of Thrones and X-Men Apocalypse. And I've never really cared for a performance in either. By all accounts, Apocalypse is not very good. I've oh. still not seen it because, oh. by all accounts, it wasn't very good. Yeah. And I'm 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 mature enough now to turn around and go. No one I trust likes that movie, so I'm not going to watch it. You'd be surprised how healthy, listeners. You'd be surprised how healthy a decision that can be to just not watch something you don't want to see. Mm. It's it's pretty good. And it's it pretty pains great. me as someone who likes the X Men. It pains you to as miss someone, something else. As someone who loves the X Men as a comics property yeah to to, to to constantly see it mishandled on film i just can't do that to myself again that's why i'm so glad logan was as good as it was mm. logan was excellent logan means we have at least one gray x-men movie but logan as a story would have been excellent if it hadn't been an x-men story you know if it had just been a story about a man looking for redemption which is basically what it is you know they just made it an x-men they just made it with x-men characters that's why it worked so well that's why Deadpool works it was just a sideways glance at a popular genre yeah that that took it seriously but wasn't afraid to rip the piss out of it at the same time, which is refreshing in this current climate. Like, Deadpool will never be as big as it is now. No. Like, it will be looked back on fondly, and, and definitely, I think over the years, it will become more of a cult classic. So, like, 10, 20 years down the line, it'll be one of those people go, oh, mate, if you like superhero stuff, you should watch this Deadpool. It's really weird. And if they make too many of them, they will run it into the ground. It will run it into the ground. I was still sceptical when they said they were doing number two. I was, like, excited, yeah. but went... Um, but yeah, if you want another possibly butchered Phoenix saga, it's on its way. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Oh, sweet lord! What we got next? More butchering. Oh, no! DC's powerless has been cut short. Oh, oh, oh right. 
Has anyone in the world been watching this? I have seen a clip of it. So as such, I am the resident expert on Powerless I've on this podcast. I've seen stills from it. Oh, you've seen more than me then, technically. <laughs> I've seen a three-minute um, clip. <laughs> it's got, got some really good cast members. But it's not very funny. It's got Alan Tudyk. It's this... got Vanessa Hudgens, who Wait. for the most part has earned my respect in the years since. This... We're all in this together. This comedy show is not very funny. Is that what you're telling me? Basically, yes. But that's this... never stopped not funny comedy shows before. The Big Bang Theory. Yes. Some of Friends. <laughs> Some of Friends. Putting it out there. The majority of American sitcoms from the last 20 years. Apart from Frasier. And by sitcoms, I mean studio sitcoms. Frasier. Frasier is mm, phenomenal. Frasier is pretty good. Frasier was like waking up with a fine glass of Chardonnay in the morning when Channel 4 used to run on the show at 9am. Yeah. It was like, just going to wake up and watch some Frasier. Baby, I hear the day. blues are calling. Tussellers and scrambled eggs. Oh my. Great. Frasier's so good. But yeah, it's... Is anyone surprised that Powerless has been canned? I don't think anyone, anyone's surprised. I don't think anyone's paying any attention. And this was this is an award where superheroes reign supreme. But as we were saying before we started recording, I said if Powerless had come around in the 2000s, when there weren't any superhero shows on TV, yes. aside from like Smallville and stuff, it would have been a breath of fresh air. People would have loved it. Look, it's a show that openly... It's a show set in a world where Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman all exist. And we're going to have adventures and, Not that we can and show scenarios. Well, that's the thing. If it were the mid-2000s, they probably would. Because you nah. could stunt... Yeah, I think they would. They wouldn't be regulars, but they could, st- they could stunt cast like crazy. They could make a thing out of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, they could really hype it up. I... Because they'd play more on the comedy of the characters interacting with that world and play more with the villains. Mm. But because these properties are used successfully in the Balantiverse, in you know, Flash and Arrow and Supergirl... And the DC Cinematic Universe obviously keeps a tight grip on certain characters. There's a reason why Harley Quinn has been a voice cameo only in Arrow. Yeah. Um, because of that, Powerless can't really dive into the sandbox as much as it'd like to. It just has to sort of play with its own spade and, and bucket. But in the mid-2000s, there wouldn't have been any worry about that. It would have been, yeah, go for it. You want to do an episode where they're like trying to get an interview with Superman. Mm-hmm. And like one of them just happens to notice he looks like the journalist who was there ten minutes ago. They probably would have done it. Yeah. Like, sod it, it'll be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, but now they can't, and because of that, it's just a bunch of people referring to superheroics that are just off camera. Here we go. This is the this is the confirmation via Twitter from executive producer Patrick Schumacher. He tweeted, "Powerless will not air this week or next. This I know for sure. I can guess some other things." But they're not good. Thanks for watching. But he, how was that released on Twitter? That was uh, that's is that the exec from the show itself. Yeah. Oh God! So he's writing that reluctantly and with a sad expression upon his thumbs. I would imagine. Yeah, I imagine so. He's got that sucks, down. man. So yeah, yeah. NBC's just taking it off the schedule. So with two episodes still two to go. Two episodes left to go. Which they'll probably eventually shove in somewhere at like two in the morning. Just to get them out there because of reasons. Oh, that is... I mean, I couldn't give a fuck about that show. But at the same time, I just hate seeing shows treated like that in general. Yeah. 
Like, regardless of whether this show is good or not, like, you've, you've at least screened the, the last it, two so, bloody yeah. episodes. It's Firefly, isn't it? Firefly was. I mean, indeed, the curse of Alan Tudyk, I guess. No. Firefly was shown out of order at random time slots mm. and then canned about, what, six episodes into its broadcast. And they never showed the remaining seven episodes. And it took to the DVD release to get them out there. And then Fox, I believe, showed them and went, there, there you go. There they are. And then it became one of Fox's highest selling DVD box sets of all time. <laughs> it's like, well done. I'm not saying Powers is on the same level. What I'm saying is, hot damn. You know, Marvel's damage control was a thing that was being toyed with for a while, wasn't it? Like, Marvel's yeah. version of Powerless to a, to a point. Yeah. But it was, um, plug was pulled. And it's believed that's because damage control, not damage control, yeah, damage control, uh, Powerless is DC. My brain! That's believed that damage control are being um, referred to in Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. It's several teams paid for by the government. And one of those teams, led by Adrian Toomes, is using stolen tech to do shit. That so, a comedy show, or a humor- humorous angle show based on that, wouldn't work if suddenly you're showing one of that department, played by Michael Keaton, murdering people with giant bird wings. Yeah. So I totally get that. Plus, it would be cooler if in Spider-Man Homecoming, they expanded the world of the MCU by going, oh yeah, there are teams that are hired to clear this shit up. Ever since S.H.I.E.L.D. went down, like they don't do it, so we've got teams to do it for government. Mm. Okay. I believe that. Because, um, uh, is it item... What was it called? Item 52 or something like that? Something like item that. Item 27, maybe? The, the Whatever the whatever the one-shot was called. Yeah. Oh, God, I miss the one-shots. I miss them. They haven't done them since Iron Man... Thor The Dark World, which is the Iron Man 3 one about yeah. Trevor Slattery. Damn it! Oh, well. Speaking of things we've missed... Uh, what is the next story? Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of things we've missed... Yeah. Here is a segue that falls very short. Alien, Aliens <laughs> Covenant. It's just around the corner, Chris. It's two weeks away. It is, it is. We're getting, we're getting Guardians next Friday, and then the Friday after that we're getting Alien Covenant. We can drink them all up, sir. Yeah. Um, Get yourself a roaring fire, sir. And how, how do... How roaring do you... fire, sir. So I'm just rubbing my uh, survival patches together. Yes. So strange. Um, how, how are you feeling about the, the, the looming prospect of Alien Covenant? I'm still mostly excited. With, with that cool international poster that you showed me. It is pretty sweet, isn't it? Look at that. That's yeah. glorious. Yeah. Oh, it's got, like a touch, it. got a touch of the Rogue Ones about it. Touch the Rogue that Rogue One design that they ended up releasing on the on the DVD in the Blu-ray. The, the, yeah. the black-shaped triangle. Very strange. I wonder if that's going to be the new poster trend. Yeah. I hope not. That would be really annoying. Well, it's if, if everyone was doing it. It's better than Blue and Orange, I guess. That is true. Well, um, give them time. But Alien Covenant, I mean, you are pre- you're pretty damn psyched, but I think you've been psyching yourself up because you've been reading the books, haven't you? I, not I alien. just like that Expanded fiction. I, I like that universe quite a, quite a bit. And, um, yeah, I, I, I still need to finish Isolation. Isolation. <laughs> but, on the subject of Alien's video games, apparently there's going to be a uh, VR experience. Yes, there uh, goddamn is, young sir. Yeah. Kind sir. Yes, that's what it says. Uh, this is a statement. Uh, from uh, the team behind it, which is Fox Innovation Lab. Uh, virtual reality experience is going to be called Alien Covenant or Alien Covenant VR. Um, there was an Alien Isolation VR experience briefly on the Oculus Rift as well, so I think they used that as maybe a beta, like I a think testing it, ground. I think it was only ever like as a, 
event demo that I don't think was ever released. Okay, as it was put out as like a give it a go. Yeah. Um, it may be that that was actually this in its early stages. Who knows? Maybe. But the statement is: viewers will discover the true meaning of terror as they navigate through horrifying alien environments and a story where every decision could mean the difference between life and death. So, uh, you know, nice. Yes. Um, it's a date. It sounds. You know, it's in date. It's chilled. It did no news as to when it'll be released yet. So it'll probably be the third quarter of this year. No good news. Is be... Good news. <laughs> Gnome Gnews is Gnews. I'm a good news. I'm a However, it will be available to buy on, quote, major VR platforms, unquote. So the belief is it'll be a PlayStation VR, HT Vive, and Oculus Rift release. Uh, once again, another thing telling me I need to buy a PlayStation VR you headset. Do you, though? Do you? But if I'm going to explore, like, an alien ship and be chased by a xenomorph... Think about what you would play on the PlayStation VR. Um, List me the things you would play on the PlayStation with VR. With myself. Not adequate. I would put a pink golf ball on the end of it, like a PlayStation Move controller. <laughs> I'd do it in my living room with the blinds open, and everyone would be like, oh, he's just playing PlayStation VR. <laughs> and in reality, I'm just... I'm just... Pounding just, just it. pounding it. Just, just, just pounding it. Pounding it. In all seriousness, Christopher. Yeah. yeah. What would you play on the PlayStation VR? Um, Resident Evil Seven. Yes. So next story. <laughs> Somewhere out in the ether, my bank account thanks you. Somewhere <laughs> out in the ether, Jeff Goldblum laughs. Yes. Ah. 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 Jeff Goldblum has been spotted in Sydney this week. And a million articles went up with that picture of him lying there all sexy from Jurassic Park. Of course they did, because he was offering up some sausage. No, really, he was in a yeah. van in yeah. Sydney that apparently, according to a journalist who found out a bit more information, um, it's to do with an ad campaign for something. But as part of it, Is it he was in... Well, not sausages specifically, but he was in a sausage van giving out like sausage sandwiches and hot dogs and stuff in the middle of Sydney... You know, it's like a few, like two or three other chefs, and he's like dishing yeah. them up and happily chatting to everyone who came to get one. To the point where there was lines around the block, and it was taking forever because he was just chatting with everyone and taking photos with everybody. Um, and he he refused to confirm what it was for himself, but obviously it will come out in time. However, the reason why he's been down there and out and around is because Jeff Goldblum is in Jurassic World Two, Jurassic Park Five, Jurassic World Two, the Jurassic Park Five. The Jurassic World 2's Spielberg's Richard Hammond's Jeff's Goldblum's Jeff's Goldplums lay there as he is as you say chest bared in his black shirt because that's the photo everyone's going to use Jeff Goldblum's reprising his role as Dr. Ian Malcolm in the Jurassic Park Universe the Jurassic Park Unitard yeah Um, I'm down with that the the um, the size of Ian Malcolm's role is yet to be announced. Could be that he's in it for a few scenes. Could be that he's a main character. He's going to be in it, do nothing wrong the whole movie, and then get savagely murdered by at least three dinosaurs for no reason for our entertainment. Do you think that's going to happen? Well, they did it to that woman, poor woman in the first Jurassic World, so why not do it to Ian Malcolm? Do you think he's going to approach Chris Pratt's character um, 
be sceptical of his encounter and then Chris Pratt will open up a raptor cage to prove to him that the raptors are nice now and the raptor will charge, knock him out of a window, he'll splat on the pavement and then the film will never refer to it again. The Ghostbusters killed a man, Matt. They killed a man. Yeah. It was never referred to and that man was not just a man, Matt. That man was I'm here for my paycheck, Bill Murray. (laughs) Bill... Listen, I got five kids to feed, Murray. Bill fucking Murray! In the words of Woody Harrelson. Bill Murray. I'm excited about this. I'm excited to see Jeff Goldblum returning. And it'd also be nice that one of the characters will have now been in three movies of the franchise. It's very, very difficult for me to get excited about Jurassic World 2. I still enjoy Jurassic World as an ironing movie. I don't know if I've ever described it before, but an ironing movie is a movie where I can whack it on in the background. Not really pay attention, but every now and again I'll know to look up to catch a bit that makes me go, that's kind of cool. And then look back down and carry on with the ironing. Jurassic World is a great ironing movie. See, I don't do enough. As is Jurassic Park 3. It's a great ironing movie. Jurassic Park 3 is a great movie. No, it's not. (laughs) Um, You you cannot sit there opposite me on this airplane as I go, Alan, (laughs) and tell me that it's a good movie. Now, granted, it's a well-made movie, Mm-mm. and H. Macy's pretty great in it. I don't know if it is a well-made movie. Well. It's not a good movie. No. It's a movie I like quite a bit. Okay, fair play. <laughs> it's a movie I like a lot more than The Lost World. Fair enough. <laughs> and again, The Lost World's got the sequence with the trucks on the cliff, which is pretty damn brilliant. Yeah, but Jurassic Park And it's got Pete Postlethwaite. Is Jurassic Park. And it's got the ridiculously dumb moment where they're running from the T-Rex, they hide under the waterfall and are essentially safe from it as long as they don't make a sound. And a bit of a snake goes on a guy's shoulder and he goes, Ah! Snake! Snake! And walks out into the jaws of the T-Rex. Taking the snake with him. What a cunt. Uh, Maybe I need... (laughs) That's strong. Sorry. Maybe I need to watch... Maybe I need to watch The Lost World again. Everyone needs to watch Maybe we need to watch all of them again. And maybe by the time Jurassic World comes out, Jurassic World 2, Jurassic Park 5, we need to talk a bit more about the Jurassic Park franchise. I recommend that we start our marathon, then accidentally put Jurassic Park back in instead of Lost World, and just watch Jurassic Park four times. I have two versions of Jurassic Park in the other room. We can watch them simultaneously. We've got a standard and a 3D. All right. Yeah. All I'm, right. I've not watched the 3D version yet, so that's let's, that's on the menu. Let's table that. No. Let's chair it. Let's chair it. Um, speaking oh, of speaking of chairs, yes. I'm going to get in the big mastermind chair now. Dun, dun, I dun, do dun, believe dun, you wanted yeah. you wanted to do a, a, a quiz. Yes, good sir. See, this week I've been reading an awful lot of Batman Scott Snyder's run. I've been getting through super heavy. The Batman's. Yeah, or as I like to call it. Um, Gordon has one outing as Batman. It lasts a week. There's a really creepy villain, and then Batman's back. Um, Batman's back. Batman's back. Um, it's Batman's not. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty good. Batman's back. I'm about back. to. Batman's pudding and Batman's crap. I've already said. I've already said. Batman's pudding. I've already said the c word. I don't think. <laughs> Batman's. You have to pudding. skirt around per se, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Alfred, bring me the petty for <laughs> uh, Batman's pudding. <laughs> God. 
Alfred, did you get Ben and Jerry's? No. <laughs> I'm mad you were spotted dick, Master Wayne. I don't want to eat your spotted dick, That's not what you said last night. Oh, snap. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> um, those wacky Nolanites will be right back. But I was reading it and I realised that Scott Snyder writes some damn fine dialogue for Batman. Does he though? Yes. Even when it gets lofty and kind of preachy, it never reaches Nolan third entry heights of, really? It's still always tasty and delicious. And Batman has had some fantastic writers over the years. Is Batman tasty and delicious? Batman is. Batman is as tasty and delicious as his little friend Dick. He loves Dick. Dick. Batman loves Dick. He does. He loves Dick. Batman loves Dick. Um, but it made me remember something. I, a little while ago, there's a website called Sporkle, Sporkle, which is a, mi- a Sporkle, which is a mix of excellent quizzes and utter shit quizzes. But there's one I found ages ago, which I adore to this day, and I want to put you through it, good sir. Now you are. I bet you do. You are a Batman. I'm a Batman. A man of Batman. I'm a man of. You bats. are also. Um, I'd say more so than myself, at least. You are also quite a fate. Uh, of a fate. You're a fate. You're a fate. Uh, with the works of a certain William Shakespeare. I have dabbled in, in the dabbled works in the of, of the man who sh- shakes shafts. Me- <laughs> Just pounding it. Grab a th- Just pounding it. So, you have six minutes, because there's a timer on the quiz, I can't change it, I'm afraid. All right. Six minutes, good sir, to tell me whether or not the quote I read out is a quote... From a work of Shakespeare, or from a Batman story. Okay. Now, at first, that sounds pretty straightforward, right? It's all like, oh, come on, really? I'm, I, oh, good lord. Welcome to a whole new world of pain. Hit me with them. Let's give this a go. So you have to, right. you have to answer very clearly. Now, I want to take your first answer. Your six minutes, Matthew, to tell me whether or not this is a work of Batman or Shakespeare starts... I'm ready. I'm ready. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just pounding it. <laughs> just pounding it. Now! That blood should sprinkle to make me grow. Batman. Nope, Shakespeare. Yeah. Right in a second. Um, I will break and twist things within you. You can't conceive of the pain I can cause. That's Batman. That is the Batman from issue 43. I am a feather for each wind that blows. Shakespeare or Batman? That's Shakespeare. Yes, Winter's Tale. Mm. And as the sun that had been too afraid to show its face in this city started to turn the black into grey, I smiled. That's Batman. It is Batman issue 625, because we all know that one. Yeah. Um, They have tied me to a stake. I cannot fly. But bear-like, I must fight the course. Shakespeare or Batman? That's Batman. It's Macbeth. Oh, fuck you! Your feast is nearly over. From this moment, none of you are safe. That's Batman, that's from year one. Yes, it goddamn is. Um, I will encounter darkness as a bride and hug it in my arms. That's Shakespeare. That is measure for measure. I can live no longer by thinking. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Batman. Shakespeare. As you like it. Yeah. Uh, smoldering, I burn you. Burning you, I flare. Hot and bright and fierce and beautiful. Shakespeare. Nope, Dark Knight Returns. Weep, I cannot, but my heart bleeds. 
Batman. Winter's Tale. Oh, f- I don't fucking Winter's Tale. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. That's I can be destroyed. Yeah, Batman. Batman begins. <laughs> yeah. We both stared into the abyss, but when it looked back at us, you blinked. Also Batman. Yep, that's Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. Yep. Vengeance is in my heart, death in my hand, blood and revenge are hammering in my head. That's Shakespeare. Titus Andronicus. Mm. Grief forgives what can never be forgiven. That's Shakespeare. Nope, all-star Batman and Robin. Damn, oh, fucking hell. Frank well, Miller. Same level, But really. not even good Frank Miller. Oh, Jesus. You cannot stop me, not with wine or vows or the weight of age. You cannot stop me, but still you try. That's that night returns. Sure? Yeah. Dark Knight Returns. How many hours bring about the day? How many days will finish up the year? How many years a mortal man may live? That's Shakespeare. That's Macbeth. Sure? I think so. Henry VI, but Shakespeare. Ah. As flies to wanton boys are we to the gods. They kill us for their sport. That's Shakespeare. Think it's shaky? Yeah. King Lear. You'll hunt me. You'll condemn me. Set the dogs on me. That's that's also Batman. Of course it is. That's an obvious one, isn't it? Yeah. Did I finally reach the limits of reason and find the devil waiting? (laughs) Oh. I'm going to say Batman. You're for Batman. Batman (laughs) R.I.P. Then all you've waited for is a puppet. A soulless little doll. Batman or Shakespeare? Shakespeare or Batman? That sounds a bit modern. I'm going to go with Batman. Dolls. Batman the Animated Series. Hell is empty and all the devils are here. Now that one is like, wait, Uh, what? You've got two minutes, 30 left. Shakespeare or Batman? Shakespeare. Shakespeare. The Tempest. (sighs) And darkness be the burier of the dead. Shakespeare. Shakespeare! Henry the Fourth. I'm a man of thirty, of twenty again. The rain on my chest is a baptism. It's about my Thanos returns. Yeah, it is. Welcome to destruction, blood and massacre. I see, as in a map, the end of all. Shakespeare. Richard the Third. The weight of this sad time, we must obey. Shakespeare or Batman. Shakespeare. King Lear. Hey! You've got five left, here we go. Alright. I will not become an executioner. Batman. Batman begins. I will grind your bones to dust, and with your blood, and it'll make a paste. I think I'm slightly misquoted, but... I think that's Shakespeare. Titus Andronicus. Yeah. He has come to open the purple testament of bleeding war. Sounds sexy. He has come to open the purple, purple throbbing testament, testament of bleeding war. It's Richard the Second. Oh, purple testament! I like that. Saying to last, we die every day a thousand times an hour. Shakespeare. Going for shaky. Hmm. Batman Justice League Volume One. Fucking hell! And finally, you have a minute left. Sometimes it's only madness that makes us what we are. That's Batman. I think it's definitely Batman. I think that's Batman. Going for it. Going for the big old B. Yeah. I can confirm that last one. Is Arkham Asylum a serious house on serious earth? Tis Batman. Matthew Herogenous Watson. Herogenous? 
Are you getting in my homogenous zones? <laughs> Matthew, little to the left. Watson. Little to the left. Matthew. Oh, God. Watson. Yeah, how did I do? You did pretty damn good. You got 23 out of 30. It's not quite a passing grade, but I'll take it. Well, according to the... The average score of this quiz is 60%. Yeah. You got 76. Uh, the quizmaster's result is, you're the kind of person my mother hoped I would date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. You have 47 seconds left. Um, that's not bad, though, because, as daft as it sounds, like, going in... Do you see what I mean? It's yeah. like, really? Batman and chick? And then you hit certain lines, especially... Um, what's it? Especially... Um, they have tried. They have tied me to a stake. I cannot fly, but bear like I must fight the course. Yeah, that could be Batman. <laughs> that could very much that be Batman. Sounds like Batman. Um, grief forgives what can never be forgiven. Sounds Shakespearean. Mm. It's freaking Frank Miller. Frank Miller at his fucking worst. That is insanest. As well. Jesus. Um, it's just some of them. You know what I mean? Like some of them, you can never. It's, I stumbled across this and went shut up, shut up, and then played it. And I think on my first go. Twenty, I think. I was just like, "Oh, good lord!" Yeah, I'm nursing. <laughs> so good work, sir. Oh, thank you. Good work by Jingo. I do try. Uh, if you're curious to check it out, guys, Sparkle.com. I'll leave a link in the description. Um, but here's an interesting one as well. Let's do another one. Can you identify? Okay. Do you want to go for one more? Yeah, why not? Can you identify whether the following quotes are by Bane the Centaur <laughs> or Bane the Supervillain? Bane the Centaur. I don't Bane even know what that is. That's the candy, that one. I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, oh my god. Shakespeare or Batman? Is that another Shakespeare or Batman? No. That's the same Shakespeare or Batman. Yeah. with a different logo. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know if this one will work, but we'll give it a try. What's that? Taylor Swift or Harley Quinn? Can <laughs> you identify each quote as either a Taylor Swift lyric or a quote from Harley Quinn? You might be better at this one, so why not I do you on this one? Should we, should, we, should, we both, should we both go for this one? It's a, oh, ten, it's a ten minute, so we've got plenty of time. Oh yeah, we've got plenty of time to deliberate. Uh, right. So is it a vengeful psycho bitch whose entire life revolves around relationships or Harley Quinn? Yay! For what it's worth, I actually enjoyed some of our romps, but there comes a time when a gal wants more. That's Harley Quinn. I think that's Harley Quinn. That's Harley! It even says in the answer box, that's Harley! His love was like driving a new Maserati down a dead-end street. That's Taylor Swift. It's a little too, um... I don't think Harley would say Maserati. Yeah, yeah, she'd go for a cl- like an older school, old school car if she was going to mention one. It's very materialistic. I'm going for Taylor Swift. That's Taylor! That's Taylor! I'm going to kill you for everything you've done to me. All the times you've made me feel useless and small. Oh, that is actually... No, do you know what? I think that's Harley. Because Taylor wouldn't admit to being... Homicidal. small. She would... She would, <laughs> she would just... She would shoot the insult out. Yeah. It's Harley. It's Harley. Of course Got a Harley. long list of ex-lovers. They tell you I'm insane. That's Taylor Swift in a song I absolutely despise. Like mm. most of her work. <laughs> Did you think we'd be fine? Still got scars on my back from your knife? Uh, that's Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's Taylor Swift. That's Taylor Swift. These are the moments that make life worth living. The moments when memories are made. That's how. That's Harley. I think it's trying to make you think it's Taylor Swift. Yeah. Because it's a bit more lyrical, but that's Harley. That's Harley! Nice guys like you shouldn't have bad days. That's Harley, surely. I it's got to be Harley. Harley. It's Harley. Yeah. I've never seen you laugh before. I don't think I like it. 
That's Harley. That's got to be Harley. She's talking to Batman, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, yes, it's Harley. It's from Mad Love, isn't it? Yes. So go ahead and tell your friends I'm obsessive and crazy. That's fine. I'll tell mine that you're gay. Well, that's Taylor Swift. That's Taylor Swift. Because, of course, you'd think being gay is, is an insult and yes. something worth mocking because people need to really look past the basic pop rhythms and realise she's just a cold-hearted, nasty person. <laughs> I go on too many dates, but I can't make them stay. That's what people say. That's Taylor Swift. It trying to appear like she's aware of her archetype and caricature, but no, that is that is just all you are. Don't try and... She tried to copyright from that song the phrase, this sick beat. Her people tried to copyright it. This sick beat. Because she says that in the song. That's dumb. Yeah. You really know how to put... The, in case you can't tell, I don't like Taylor Swift. You really know how to put the fun in funeral. That that's... would be a Harley line. I want to say it's Harley. I'm sure I'm she said, said it about the Joker at least once. I'm sure that's been said. It's Harley. Yeah, of course it is. She thinks I'm psycho because I like to rhyme her name with things. That's Taylor Swift, isn't it? Because she's saying, like, she she thinks I'm psycho because I like to rhyme her name with things. But it sounds like the sort of thing she would do. Is that the kind of thing Harley might say about Keep in mind, we're judging her persona here. But apparently it's what she's like according to several fan encounters. I... <coughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, that could be Harley. That, that could be something <clears throat> that she would say about Ivy or Catwoman. Uh, hmm. Does she rhyme Ivy's name? We can. Oh, we can skip that and go back to it at the end. Okay. Because I think I, I know what you mean. I think we're in a bit of a cross clear. I'm crazy about. Well, hey, I'm just crazy. That's Harley. That's Harley. But I miss screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain. That's Taylor Swift. That is indeed Taylor Swift. You think I'm just a doll? A doll that's pink and light? A doll you can arrange any way you like? That's going to be Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. It's lyrical. No, it's Harley! What? Shut the front What's door. What's it from? Does it not say? No, that's, oh, a, that's annoying about this one. They don't give a source. You thought I was just another bubble-headed blonde bimbo. Well, the joke's on you because I'm not even a real blonde. That's Harley. That is Harley. Um, all you are is mean and a liar and pathetic. That's Taylor Swift in one of her earlier works. Uh, I've been nothing but trouble. How come you're so nice to me? That reads like Harley. That does read In like response Harley. to, say, Batman, for example. Because he's obviously, when he puts away the crims, he's compassionate, unless they're being difficult. Yeah. Let's go for Harley. It's Harley. Yeah. But now I'll go sit on the floor wearing your clothes. That's Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. That's Taylor. My boss likes me to wear a smile at work. That's got to be Harley. It's got to be Harley. It's Harley. Yeah. It's amazing what you find in people's glove compartments. That's Harley, That's right? Harley. Yeah. That's, that's Harley. Stealing other people's toys on the playground won't make you many friends. Taylor Swift. It's Taylor. Memorising him was as easy as knowing all the words to your old favourite song. Taylor Swift. It's Taylor Swift. Don't you think I was too young to be messed with? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, yes. So the only one we haven't done is she thinks I'm a psycho because I like to rhyme her name with things. I think Taylor. Should we flip a coin for it? Yes. Oh my god, yeah, are you kidding me? The freaking Harvey Dent impasse? There should be one just behind you there. Uh, they're only they're small and, and unimpressive coins. Are you Are you cock comparing my coins to yours? Yeah. Are you whipping out your big throbbing coin? You need a 10p piece. Your meaty coin. You swine. Right. What's the flip? You want to flip. Uh I'm terrible at this, it should be funny. I'm also uh, terrible at it. Heads Taylor. Tails Harley. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do it that way around. 
the wrong way around. Let's do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Completely missed the no, coin. No, no, it's his audio. They could think no, I think no. I've got it. Pretend, pretend it didn't, pretend it didn't miss. There you hey! go. That was nice. That was nice. Just, just, just hanging it. So was it? Uh, heads, Taylor. Tails, Harley. Yeah, the wrong way around. It's Taylor. Put it's... it in. Put it into the thing. It's Taylor. It's Taylor. Hey! hey! There you go. For that, I keep your coin. Um, put it in my wallet. There it is. Yep. Now put it in my back pocket. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. Now just feel that hole next to the wallet. Yeah. Just. Slip a, uh, slip a... Not your coke, Nail! <laughs> <laughs> we got 23 out of 24. That's not bad. Um, it's also disturbing, if you think about it. That was a lot easier than the Batman or Shakespeare one, though. It, disturbingly so, though. Why is that easy? No, no, what, what, why did they match that well? Because all the Taylor Swift ones sound the same. Out of the open, here's my problem with Taylor Swift. <laughs> Welcome to the I Complain About Taylor Swift podcast, everybody. Um... <laughs> You know she has the whole, she's adopted the persona of the, oh god, I can't believe you treat me like this. Well, don't worry, because I'm a bitch, and I'm going to get over it, because I'm your worst nightmare. <laughs> it's not a pleasant persona. No, it's, it's just not. like, all of your stuff is just filled with spite and bile. Like, people go, it was empowering. No, it's not. Spile? No, it's not. Like, you're not, you're not over a man who screwed you over if you continually talk about it. That's maybe, not empowering. Maybe she is. Maybe she's, you know... And then add on top of that the fact that she openly jumps into the public relationship thing and has been with a lot of people in a short amount of time. That's not me judging her, but that's me saying, of course people are going to like sort of talk about that. Yeah. Of course they are. Because all of your songs are about how men have screwed you over. And when you make yourself a and public figure and you make your relationships like that quite public. Yeah. But especially because all of her work after a certain point was about, like, men are shit, I've been screwed over by a bloke, this entire album was inspired by a horrible relationship, blah, blah, blah. And then you very publicly have about ten relationships in a year. Mm. I'm not saying she had that many. So I'm not judging your personal life. Whatever. But it's like, wow. It's not empowering anymore, surely. Because it, 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 no. you're making it very apparent that you either don't get to know people well enough to be hurt that badly, if that makes any sense. Like, for, for, it, for everything to go that deep before it goes into a horrible place. Or maybe you use relationships as just a muse, in which case, that's pretty horrible. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I just find I find it to be endlessly, infuriatingly fascinating in that way. Um, let's get her on the podcast. <laughs> That'd be great. I'll speak to her people. That'd be great. Let's do it. we get some knowledge! <laughs> Speaking of knowledge... <laughs> You lot have been in touch with your greasy little fingers tapping away on your... You've not been in your... touch with those, you've just been in touch with your greasy little fingers. Yeah, just talking to them. You've been tapping away on your little Motorola's, sending us little messages from the 90s and the early 2000s. What have they been saying? Um, Grand old Duke of Matthew. So he had 10,000 men. This one. He marched them up to the top of the hill. And he left them there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he fucked off to Nando's. Uh, <laughs> They're all still sat there going, I wonder if he's gone for the chicken butterfly. <laughs> did he say he was going to pick us up some on the way back? I, th- I think he did. Did he think he'll bring us a spatchcock? Let's mm. tap a flattened chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Lewis Christian. Lewis Christian, a man whose views are up in the air. 
Hey, big damn Chris. What's wrong with you? And Matt. Oh, I like you. Um, so the pilot <laughs> rehashed the water zombies, and Smile seems to be blending together the Series 6 handbots and the Series 5 Smilers in an absolute snooze fest of an episode. <laughs> Seriously, the location filming might look nice, but that doesn't make up for how empty, slow, and hollow this episode was. I'm all for more exploration of the Doctor and his companion, but this was more rings of Achten than end of the world. I gave up about ten minutes in. I doubt I'll ever care enough to finish it. That's a first for me. Big damn love. Lewis Christian. P.S. I'm writing this pre-TX as a little experiment. If I'm wrong, I'll apologise in an email next week, but I bet I feel the same as I've written above once I've sat through it. So this means he either feels the same, considering there's no... We've not had another email. We've not had another He either feels the same, so he's not followed on, or he's been kidnapped, stroke murdered... I mean, like, you know, options, kidnapped or murdered. I don't mean kidnapped, then stroked, then murdered. <laughs> but I don't know. Stroke I don't know what the murderer murder. did to him. I'm not sure what the murderer did to him. Um, Maybe he had a stroke when kidnapped. So the murderer went, oh, shit, panicked and murdered him. Maybe he's done a murder. Maybe he's done a bad murder. Done a bad murder. Done a bad murder. Um, um, I heartily disagree. I don't think it was a masterpiece, but I don't think it was Rings of Akaten bad. I will agree it needed some more action. Because it's week two and this is meant to be sort of a relaunch, soft relaunch, and kids might be a bit bored. Yes. But I found myself really enjoying Smile this week. Chris and Matt, reluctantly, question mark, answer Doctor Who questions. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I quite liked Smile, yeah. I think it's definitely one of Capaldi. I feel like it was one of Capaldi's better episodes so far. Yeah, I mean, mostly because <clears throat> we got to know his personality a bit, yeah. or at least, you know. This version of him a bit. Uh, and we got to know um, Bill a little more. Yeah. And it was without the hand of Moth making a focus on her sort of more shallow qualities and stuff. And also she's not what the plot needs it to be at any given time. Yes. She's a person yeah. who has curiosity. Yep. And an inquisitive Ooh. nature. Yes. And enthusiasm. A desire to survive. Yeah. Once they get out of there, she's like, right, let's go. The doctor's like, no, I've got to go back and blow it up. She's like, why? It's like, just leave a warning. Let people let people know not to come here. And he's like, no, I've got to do it. And she questioned him, but not in that annoying Moffat, uh, the companion questions the doctor, which we've not heard before. No, the way, she, <laughs> the way she seems to question him is in a way to reaffirm to a new audience, slash an audience who've been on and off with it for years, just what he's about. And also from a plot point of view, she gives him the right questions to prod him in the right direction to reach the resolution for the need for the episode. Yes. Rather than suddenly having random skills that she's never displayed before yeah. that can uh, allow her to resolve various plot points. Do- she, the, the writer uses her as a device to nudge the Doctor in the right direction. Doctor, did I mention I know how to repair spaceships? Oh. Right then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pick me up next Wednesday, yeah? Uh, but right. also, she's... <laughs> Human by she by That's my script for season ten. I've submitted it. The fact that um it takes her ages to think of just taking a picture of the map. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice moment. Because she just does she's like, Oh right, special map, yeah, cool, I'll guide you. We'll guide you over the radio, cool, cool. I'm gone. <laughs> I can take a picture of this. Yeah. You've not put me here to guide it through, you 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 just want to keep me safe. Yes. So, yeah. You bastard. <laughs> Snap. Joins him. <coughs> I think everything after that point was kind of boring. Um, 
in just, I, I think mind the because, resolution so much. Just because you've got a whole, oh my god, everyone's going to get slaughtered kind of idea, and then it was just a bunch of people in pyjamas with grey painted Nerf guns not shooting anything. It was just a bit... Eh. Um, I didn't mind. I like, the, I like the setup. Yeah. What? I like the idea that it's like a world that's being colonised, so they send the robots there, the nanobots, to sort of get it ready, and then a small team of humans to sort of start the harvest to make sure everything's working before everyone else is awoken. I also like the nod to, this is one of the many solutions that came about from people evacuating Earth at some point. Because um, they even talk about like basically conflict is what has led to the Earth being sort of a hard place to live. Yeah. Implying that's why we've got Ark in space. That's why we've got the Beast below. That's why we've got this one. But it was the solar flares. <clears throat> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, good point. Oh God, this is contradictory. Damn it! I don't. Th- they never, well, they never he, outright state well, he, why he Earth back, is evacuating. He, no, but he makes a back ref to it though, doesn't he? Yeah. So yeah. To, like I've I've encountered different setups from from this before. Yeah. And all of them have been British. Um, so yeah, you know, spaceship, starship UK, well, not no, all of them then, not all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like Lewis points out though, it was a bit weird that the Smilers were essentially recreated to, to a point in terms of visual style anyway. Yeah, it's but, a well, the very, robo- the, the robots, very tenuous connection. Well, the robots were just meant to read your emotion to know how to cater to you. Yeah. But their facial expression also sometimes changed independently of the person they were looking at. But that's, they were evolving their own consciousness. Yes, yeah, but but then it, that, I think that's where he got, he's drawing the smiler comparison, yeah. is that, you know, they're watching and they're going from smile to frowny face and then frowny face to death face, which is what the smilers did. Yeah, I suppose. Which was a bit more whimsical and, and kind of interesting in their story because you were like, hang on, it it's, it's turned twice. Why is there a third face? How the hell did it do that? Which I is kind of like spooky. That. I love the look of the smilers, but again, they were they were a oh, they're not actually a baddie kind of baddie, and that does annoy me in Doctor Who. And this was another one that was like that. But you saw the threat here. You mm. saw what happened when it goes unchecked. You saw people being vaporized to bones and dust. Um, so at least they were like, you know, here's the actual threat. People are dying. People have died. So I didn't mind the whole, you know, it wasn't a, oh, it's a misunderstood monster. It was a, oh shit, we need to fix this because it's starting to think differently. It's not its fault though. I will sort it. Don't worry. So I was kind of with Ralph Little's character a bit when I was like, no, hang on. People have died. Yeah. But at the same time, the machine didn't know that was wrong. And you can't punish it. You can't punish the nanobots. And also... They were just doing what they were programmed to do. It just interpreted things the wrong way. At a certain point... Basically, the morals... Humanity's stupid. If you want two (laughs) sets of people to get together... Yeah. And be at peace... Aye. You just need to sit down and talk. (laughs) Oh, God. And I know that's a humorous callback oh. to like the Zygon invasion, but also by the same to- by the same token, it is it is a truism though. If you do want peace between two sets of people, and mm. there's been conflict and there's been deaths, at some point you need to put that aside, yeah. and somehow find a way. Oh, of, oh of you mean going people. forward? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. and sit down and and negotiate. Yeah, and they do it in a sort of whimsical way, but the the intent, yeah. and that sentiment, as opposed is still to the Zygon version, version where it was more. This is how wars are solved. It's like. 
No, this is how we fix things going forwards. You but I think it also... You, you don't retroactively resolve the horror that has come before. No, but, but, it's, but it's, yeah, how, it's, it's how the conflict is, is resolved. He sort of forced humanity's hand in this story in that way as well. Because yeah. he's like, well, basically, they know this place as theirs, and you're visiting. So also this is how you're going to... Re- this he is knows how, how, how humans work. To- yeah. So He's like, they wouldn't compromise. They'd no. get, they'd, they'd go- but at the same time, it's like, hang on, hang on. His character was like a scientist, right? He was mm. woken up to check that everything was okay and start the... So why was he gun-happy? <laughs> it sort of seemed a bit odd. Because that... his friends died. We know whether... Yeah, but again, like, they didn't... I felt Ra- Ralph Little was shafted a bit. I would have liked to have seen him with a, I would like to see with a better Ralph part Little. going forward. Yeah. But I think he took this because... Like, this is behind-the-scenes video where he's like, it's been my dream since a child to be in it, Doctor Who. So he took the role, like... You know, fair enough. Um, he's already he's already had a meaty part as well. He was in uh, Adventure Games and Gunpowder Plot as oh, Guy yeah, Fawkes. Of course. So he's already he's already been in the world. Of and you know, also he's going to be thirty doctors, so he's going to have plenty to do later on. Oh Christ, yeah. Who frowned me this face? Which <laughs> which guest star? Who frowny faced me this face? <laughs> which guest star from the Capaldi era is going to be the next Doctor? That's the question. Uh, Nardole. Nardole, Nardole. Swimming in the ocean. Uh, I'm Nardole! <laughs> um, so... Next email. Yes. Hola. Don Esther. It's Jacob. Not Jacob. We've not heard, of ja- not heard from Jacob for fucking ages. Jacob, you really think you can leave and then just come back and just swan in here, swan into our inbox and expect us to answer your questions. But do you know what, Jacob? Do you know what? We will. Jacob says, Hello, big damn cockers. I'm back, bitches! For the past four weeks, I've been locked in a room with what looks like Mr. Blobby with the dress sense of Noel Fielding and I've been forced to watch the worst episodes of Doctor Who on an endless cycle. Luckily, loving monsters within that cycle. No! <laughs> It's eczema. Eczema. Get back, get back. I I digress. I'm flashing you my knickers. I digress. Series 10 has started. I enjoyed the pilot, but when you give it a good look, it kind of falls apart. Just like Heather. Um, this This week's episode, Smile, was a bit naff. It's like watching a less good Christmas Invasion and then watching New Earth or, or watching The Caves of Androzani and then watching The Twin Dilemma. But not was but not was bad. I They're weird comparisons to make. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. Um I thought the resolution was a bit rushed. Yeah. You're watching it in HD, better lines, more pixels. Um it kind of annoyed me that the Sonic saved the day. Uh, no more than it has before. Um, so far, series 10 is shaping up to be a good series. At least we're not watching class and none of the characters have two knobs. Uh, <laughs> that we know of. Yeah, or do they? Uh, Nardole, Nardole, <laughs> swimming in the ocean. knows what Nardole's got going on down there, especially if he's a bionic man. This one has three settings. Three! <laughs> now for Doctor Who questions. Oh, yes. Stick them in my mouth. What would make you stop watching Doctor Who? If they suddenly announced that Jenna Coleman was coming back, um, that'd do it. That would, I, no joke, that would make me go, yep, I'm done, I am finished. Blindness. 
I'd only be able to listen to it then. For audio navigation, press enter now. I can't see the enter key. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair play. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. <laughs> Keep pressing menu. Um... <laughs> I know I'm horrible. Why does it exist? Okay. Um, uh, no, I don't. I, I think out of cure, I'd always at least give it a go. I, I would. I might like last series. I kind of ducked out on a few episodes because I wasn't feeling it, and also because I was busy with other stuff. Mm. Um, but you know, I came back to series busy 10 with for a fresh start. Other stuff. Masturbation. Just pounding it. Um, what are your thoughts on Nardo? Personally, I like him a lot more in series ten. Than in the last two Christmas specials. And I'm Nardo! <laughs> That's my thoughts on Nardo. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't like Nardo. Oh, get rid of Nardo. <laughs> um, I, I think they I think they are... They could potentially be doing something interesting with him. Mm. He could be swimming in the ocean. He could be swimming in the ocean. Nardo. It's Nardo. <laughs> I don't mind. I, you know what? I... After Husband's River Song, I was like, oh, God. After Return to Dr. Mysterio, I was like, uh, all right. After the pilot, I was like, uh, I'm interested in the dynamic now. If I'd they, like to see more of him. If they use him sparingly. I never thought I'd say that when I watched Husband's. If they use him sparingly and do interesting things with him, it could work. Yeah. But so far, he's been, he's been like, progressively make, make, better in each of his make him Make him, like we've said before, like make him the canine. Yeah. Like, don't use him a lot. Make him the chameleon. More the canine. I think canine's a bit more generous, because then he doesn't have to just sit still. Maybe he is <gasps> chameleon. Oh, shit. Well, no, hang on, hang on. Planet of Fire, did chameleon get left there? I think so. Ah, that's a shame. Then again, he's chameleon Mark 2. He's chameleon Mark 2, yeah. <laughs> or, or he's the uh, the old Cyberman that was being used as the chess-playing um, thing from Nightmare and Silver. Yeah, he's, he's gone back and just stuck a head on him. He's, gone, he's there the you go, Nardole, my little barnyard companion. He's the master from Scream of the Shalker. Ah! Oh, shit! What if that's why they've made him what he is? What if they've gone like, why don't we just make him like the master in Scream of the Shalker? What if the master's in the vault? What if Derek Jacobi is in this very room? Matt, I was going to keep it a secret, but why not? It's episode 40, insert number here. Derek Jacobi, everyone! <laughs> Derek Jacobi! What, what? Oh, we didn't feed him. Been in the cupboard for a while. He's starting to smell. Uh, You're going to have to cut this out, Chris. Uh, oh, no. Jacob asks, if you could go anywhere with the Doctor in the unit of Doctor Who, where, who, where or when would you go? <laughs> Sorry, I'm having nightmares. I would go back to the week before Derek Jacobi's accidental death between the recording of this episode and the release of this episode. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, I would... Uh, mm. so, so, wait, so we're talking Earth history, then? Y- you could go... Anywhere. Oh, so anywhere. So we're doing like anywhere. In anywhere. the unitard of Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, With the Doctor. Not solo. <laughs> so you've got to do something he'll enjoy. Oh, Either that or give him like a ten of a time. That's a Because I'd, I'd take you. I'd, I'd take you along. We could, probably, we could both go together I would take, I would take you to Cole Hill Academy. Exactly three seconds after um, the King Anus has sat up and gone, why is everyone staring at me like that? Just so you could go, 
<laughs> right at them, and then we dematerialize. <laughs> just laugh at them. Um, no, we just turn up and we bust out. We bust out with a TARDIS with our shotguns and our sunglasses, men in black style, and we just sterilize it's the, the MIBs. Oh, come to MIBs. Oh, vaporize everyone. Ne- neuralize them. Point blank. Headshot. Double tap. <laughs> everyone. Burn it down. Save a noisy cricket for at least one of them. This never happened. Who would do noisy cricket? Quill. Okay, fair enough. Well, she's war itself, so she's, she's the most pregnant. dangerous. How dare you? But then again, you're right, she's war itself. And the babies will eat her corpse. And, and um, you know, if, if you kill war itself, you will have peace forever. Um, <laughs> See, I don't think you should shoot her. Why don't you just sit down and talk? I hope you two have a fantastic week. Lots of love, Jacob. Sent from my Amstrad CPC. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. I hope you have a great week, too. It's nice to hear from you again. Aw, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Jacob's ladder. Tom Monte. Tom Monte, you think you can just come round here? Oh, willy nilly. And bring out a bag of questions and lay them out on the table mid feast. For fuck's sake, Matt is already halfway through the wild boar. Well, do you know what, Tom Monty? We don't mind. Because, God damn it, you're fun. Tom Monty. Greetings, Chris and Matt. Oh, no, you're not allowed in now. You're using a creepy voice. I really liked throwing peat meat. <laughs> it made me very happy. I sat there for at least four minutes debating whether or not to press enter. <laughs> and allow that title to be the title, but I'm glad I did. And Chris, <laughs> I didn't know you were so talented in imitating Michael McIntyre. Side question. <laughs> Will you continue to dedicate a section of each week's podcast to the new episode? God, why have you given Tom this voice? As for episode two, <laughs> it failed in making me smile. <laughs> and I probably won't ever watch it again. The only thing that I sort of enjoyed about it was the way it ended, classic Who style. Actually, another thing that made me happy was that there was no appearance of the emoji that I have a violent hatred for, the laughing, crying face. No offence to the man, I'm sure he's a very nice guy. But I think Frank Cottrell Boy should stay away from Doctor Who. I hope Chibnall has already planned his disposal. Along but with that voice, it has such a different dimension. Along with Asbil. Oh, God. I assume you've already <coughs> spoken about the episode, so I will ask a question about it this week. What did you think of the food sexism comment that Moffat, in the form of Bill, made in the jelly scene? What bugs me about this is that she voluntarily sat down on the side with one jelly. I think you putting a bit too much thought into this one, Tom. Although, that being said, why did she immediately go to the one with one jelly? As a character, as a character moment, it's like, why did she sit down there? Why not have her sit down and then the two plates be put down? That would make more sense, surely. In the logic of that scene. Eh? I hadn't even thought about any sexism <laughs> like at all. I just, I just thought, now that you point it out, yeah, it is odd that she would immediately sit there 
wouldn't she be stood up there going, what is that? Are we supposed to eat it? Instead she just sat down like, oh look, a cube of yellotine! Well, think of it this way, Christopher. Oh, you're Matt now. Thank God. I thought you were going to be Tom. Well, Tom's finished speaking. Tom um, has finished. Tom. He's going he's gonna to come back in a second. Oh, Jesus. Um, no, Tom, no! No! Creepy Tom. Um, <laughs> oh, creepy Tom. If you have two <laughs> plates of an unknown food put in front of you, yeah. and one's got a double portion on, and you never had this food before, you don't know what it is, which one are you going to sit in front of? Neither. I'm going to spend five minutes trying to remember what that character in Force Awakens says about portions well, and, then, got... and then quote it to the robot who will stare at me blankly. If you've got an inquisitive nature, which one are you going to set for? So what you're saying is, I have to sit down, yeah. I have to pick a side. Yeah. I'd just drop my pants and start masturbating. Oh, yeah, quite, quite. Yeah, obviously. You can't show that on TV, so she sits in front of the one yeah, we good point, fair um... play. <laughs> if I were Bill, and... Trust me, I've thought about that many times. If, if I, I were Bill. If I were an Asbill. Um, oh, God. What was the first bit? Are we going to talk about it weekly? Yeah. <clears throat> I imagine it'll come up in the emails, so we'll end up if talking we, about yeah, it. If we don't set aside a time, we'll probably bring it up in the emails, because you lot tend to ask about Doctor Who. We know you love Doctor Who, so we'll talk and, about And again, it depends on if we watched it by that point. Like, if for whatever reason we've not both seen it by that point, we'll be a bit more vague. But, yeah. I think we're all going to see it. What did you think of the oh. next time trailer? Oh, hi, Tom. I thought it was very clumsily put together. <laughs> tut, tut, to the next time trailer editing team <laughs> at Doctor Who. Ah, yes, that next time trailer editing team. Could you both sum up your overall feelings <laughs> on the character named Bill so far, and then rate her out of ten? <laughs> oh, God, you turned it TBH, I prefer the plot device named Clara. Really? If you Ooh. could have any of Matt Lucas's Little Britain characters replace Nardo, <clears throat> who would it be and why? Catch you guys later, Tom Monty. P.S. Took <laughs> you long enough to discover the meaning behind your sugar. <laughs> I look forward to the crossover podcast episode. <laughs> oh, um, in response to those questions... Um, next time trailer was a next time trailer. Seemed fine. I, I know what you mean. It sort of gave away too much of what's happening the next week. Like the older next time trailers were a bit more the mystery of oh that's the premise. Oh, whereas that was more. So there's going to be a bit. They're going to learn that people have been eaten. They're going to go under the water. They're going to confront the thing. They're gonna, do you know what I mean? It was a bit like okay, we saw a bit too much. I like the premise of next week though. Yeah. Like why is that Sarah Dollard apparently came up with it because she was watching EastEnders, saw the title sequence, was like. The Thames is a proper wibbly sort of wavy looking stretch of river, isn't it? Wibbly wobbly rivery wivery. Looks sort of like a snake. Oh. And then oh. there it is, like sea monster in the Thames. Fair enough. Um, uh, it's just a shame it's another bloody London storyline. Our ratings out of ten for Bill. Ah, too early, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm veering towards the positive, but I yeah, think it's she, a she, more she can be a bit annoying, but her energy is such a nice change after. Clara Smugswold because yeah, we don't really Clara, we don't really care for she's Clara more, she's just so. more likeable because she's more enthusiastic yeah she's like oh my god look at it we're on an alien planet this is amazing whereas Clara was always like oh is this where you're taking me alright oh, okay pick me up next Wednesday are you not very impressive is it god that yeah. Ugh. And it, I don't know what Jenna Collins like but Clara has tainted me ever wanting to watch her in anything yeah I don't want to watch her in anything because yeah. I'll just think about Clara um 
if you could have any of Matt Lucas's Little Britain characters. Oh, God. Mm. What are you doing to us, Tom? With none Vin- of them. With your Vincent Price-esque voice? <laughs> Fucking none of them. None of them. None of them, none of them. And I, I say that as a man who enjoys the first I series I will take Nardole Britain. over any Little Britain character any day of the week. Then again, if they wanted to do some kind of one-off horrific comic relief sketch with, um, is it Andy who was in the wheelchair? And Ugh. Capaldi is... Just, just for shits and giggles. Uh, I wouldn't find it funny. It's more shit than giggles. But at least you could, you know, do something with that as a sketch, maybe. It's like, you said you wanted to go to the outer rims of Saturn because you always thought the idea of a planet surrounded by rings was beautiful and you wanted to see it in person. Yeah, I know. So what do you think? Don't like it. And then he turns to the camera and he goes, that's our comic relief sketch this year, everyone. We did one. We did it. No, fuck off! Here's a 20 minute film that'll make you feel like a fucking waste of human life. <laughs> oh, uh, look at these children in horrible situations. Give us loads of money and we'll put on a glitzy celebrity thing, and there'll still be loads of children in horrible situations that still need your money. I know, obviously, the severity of those of those um, telethons is like needs to be addressed because you need to see what they're trying to raise money for. Yeah. But over the last, like, six or seven of them, it has become more about the films and less about actual comic relief, which is the title of it. Relief through comedy. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's been... Le- I remember when I was a kid, comic relief being more like, oh my god, this is hilarious, and we're going to we're gonna donate, and oh, I hope it does well. Oh, and at the end of the night, great, brilliant. Um, it's such a, it's such a freaking first world complaint, isn't it? But, like, now it's like... We have three sketches. One might be funny. I don't think it's a first world complaint. I think it's a genuine. Um, I think it's a genuine concern that charity drives like this get so caught up, caught up in being glitzy and fancy and showing up, show off it, and actually don't do the work they're supposed to be doing. I want to see more of the result of their work. Yeah, okay, that's a, yeah. that. You know what? Yeah, if they yeah. balanced it out with more of the of, of the payoff, like saying this is what your money has achieved in previous years. Yeah, let's keep donating. At least then it'd be three things that they're juggling and balancing and an even keel. But also, I just like the comedy to be funny. Like, I, I, I will donate. I will always donate. I will always get involved. I will always buy a red nose. I will always do that stuff. But if you want me to watch on the night. <laughs> make some funny content it's such a first world complaint from a relatively privileged white man ding <laughs> right that's our regular segment it's our um, new regular segment first world complaints from a re- relatively privileged white man <sighs> you watch the emails come in now saying relatively privileged relatively privileged yeah I live in a world where I've had to watch Clara Oswald I think that means I'm technically disabled now <laughs> can't say that, Chris. No, I mean, like, trauma. You like, can't like, say that, though. So, all right, PTSD. People have been to war. PTCD. Post-traumatic Clara disorder. People have been to war for you. Not but, that you asked them to, but people have been to war for you. Yeah, but I am war itself. <laughs> if you're war itself, or have been affected by any of the issues raised in this programme... Then you can contact us on bigdamncontact at gmail.com or on Twitter at bigdamncast. 
Of course, tune into the YouTube channel, Big Damn Channel, uh, for regular content from us, including episodes of Big Damn Love and some little treats on the way soon. And of course, subscribe to us on iTunes. Check out SoundCloud if you want early access and buy our merchandise. JK, we don't have merchandise. We pour AF. Maybe one day. Maybe. Imagine. Maybe we should do a TV telephone with bad sketches. <laughs> I was thinking when we sell unitards. I can make that happen. Leave it with me. I watched it happen. I made it happen. I can't do this anymore. Until next week! Bye, everyone! <laughs> Keep waving. <laughs> no, I don't want to. No! <laughs>